your voice your voice is always changing. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even know, man. Nah, but yeah, your voice is always changing, dog. And th- that's the thing about me is like I don't like. I like my voice now to where it's grown and where it's changed, but I just still don't like my material. I, I feel like uh, some of the stuff that I'm talking about right now is rather like hack or easy, you know, sex, drugs, yeah, alcohol, like all that stuff. But like. I, I do want to grow and change, but I'm also scared sometimes, too, of doing that brand new material that I've never done before. Something outside of my comfort zone. But I, I have to. That's how you grow. Like, just stepping outside of your comfort zone. You know? Yeah. And the hardest thing for me is, like, I, I honestly, I like, I like stepping out because that, that first initial feeling of anxiety when you're not in your comfort zone, that kind of make, reminds you, it's like, oh, I'm alive right now. You know? Yeah. I, oh, my God. <laughs> we could talk about anxiety all day, man. Oh, dude. Yeah, dude. I get <laughs> I get super anxious every time before I go on stage. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. I'm always two-stepping. Two-stepping? Yeah, dude. That's what I call it, bro. I'm just <laughs> pacing in, in, in place. Just doing a little two-step. Dude, I used to go on stage and two-step. I'm like, finally now, get, starting getting comfortable where I can stand still on stage. You know? Like... Like they were like, the guys, they would say like, "Nate's just salsa dancing up there," because <laughs> that's what it looked like. I was just you know dancing in place, trying to like mm-hmm. get comfortable and shit. And I like, I still feel like I haven't found my voice yet in comedy. I'm still working on that. Uh, like, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, uh, but like like you said, you know, go like, I don't know, like I don't. I wouldn't say it's hack. I would say more it's like the easy route because mm-hmm. it's like the most relatable with everybody. But like I want to start talking about my life, my family. And I did for a minute, but like the joke that I would say was, wasn't was hitting. I was, I'll talk about like my cousins, how both of them are like on the like like the no fly list, you know, mm-hmm. because one of them like threatened to bomb Shamu. At SeaWorld in Florida. That's funny. <laughs> for for a pussy, dude. He did it for a girl. And then the wait, girl... Wait, wait, okay. So he... A girl told him to do that? No, no. Like, some, he was working with this chick. And she was like, you know, just the same shit everyone does at work. They're like, oh, dude, I fucking hate work, you know? Like, this shit sucks. Like, I could be doing something else with my time. And then he's like, hey, you know, let me let me just kill the boss for you real quick. You know, and so he threatened to bomb Shamu because he was like in conversation, be like, you know what, dude, this job does suck. You know, I'm tired of working at the churro stand here at fucking SeaWorld. <laughs> I'm going to kill the fucking whale. <laughs> you know? And they caught him, dude. They he he got pulled over. They found nothing but baseball uh, bats. They found, uh, like, a Jason mask. Oh, he was going to do it. Yeah, and he had paintball guns. So he wasn't going to do much damage, but, oh yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, he, uh, dude, I remember watching but how this how did the girl come into this? She told on him. Oh, she told them that he yeah. was going to do that. Oh. Because she was freaked out by it. You know, he was, I guess he maybe he was just, like, trying to relate in conversation with her, you know? And he maybe have gone a little too far. My cousin was also homeschooled. 
So, like, he probably did not have the social skills to, like, keep a conversation going. And he was like, I like this girl, so I'm just going to kill what's making her frustrated. Like, that, that's some fucking caveman shit. <laughs> it's romantic in a way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah gonna dude. Lie. <laughs> hey, girl, like, let me, let me go fix your problems right now. But that is crazy, though, <laughs> to, to immediately go to, like, oh. Uh, you hate work? <laughs> fuck it. Let me go kill this whale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's my cousin Alex, bro. Uh, I got another cousin, Jason. Jason Martinez. He, dude, that kid, that fool's fucking wild. He was in the Marines uh, stationed out in North Carolina where they have this big Marines uh, base. And they have one bridge that leads you in the base and out. And it's only open at certain times. And it's surrounded by swamps, like crocodile-infested waters. He went AWOL and swam through the swamps, through the crocodile-infested water, walked all the way back to Florida, to where my aunt lives. And it was to the point where, like... FBI agents came knocking on my aunt's door trying to figure out no I think it was CIA actually they came knocking on the door looking for him to ask him how the fuck did he survive (laughs) through the fucking waters wow and he tells them oh that's because I'm Jesus <laughs> and they're like, oh no, this guy's a nut. <laughs> this guy's crazy. Dude, my cousin Jason, he created his own religion and like was saying that he was the next prophet. He created his own religion. Yeah, dude. What's it called? I, I, nobody fucking knows, dude. It's in a language, it's in fucking, um, Vulcan language or some shit through Star Trek or something. Oh, it's hilarious. uh, But he, it's like he calls it's Gave or something. I can't remember. But he goes to a fucking Baptist church out in Florida, and he was like, tells every he stops the whole congregation, and he's like, "All right, I just want to let y'all know, I have a bomb in my backpack. I'm gonna give you guys time to leave." But just know, I got a bomb here, and I'm going to blow the church up. And everyone's like, well, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, hey, just come to the altar. We'll pray over you, dude. He's like, no, nah, no. Nah. I'm destroying this place. This is this is not what Gave wanted, which is his god or something. Uh-huh. And so they everybody leaves. Cops show up, and they're like, hey, man. And he was like, to the cops, he was like, all I want to do, don't, don't shoot. All I want to do is pray over you guys. Can I pray over you? And they're like, okay. And so as he's praying with his eyes closed, they, they get him, they cuff him, and they find out it's not a bomb in his backpack. It was just a JBL speaker that he had. The dude's fucking nuts, bro. Uh, Everybody, I got fire in the back. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. dude, this mixtape I got, dude, is fucking bomb, bro. It's bomb, bro. <laughs> it's going to blow. The dude... My family's wild, bro. Like I got a this I was I was in a car my first my second show ever was out in Austin and um my buddy Julius Allums uh was in charge of it. He no longer does shows. Uh, he's an actor now. 
but um, he wanted me to get a, a female comic out here in the scene to bring over. So I had Abby Volman come with me. And I was just... Shout out Abby Volman. Yeah, shout out Abby Volman. She's killing out in New York. Yeah. But I was telling her about my family. And she's like, why the fuck are you not talking about this? And it's like, I just don't know how to put it in joke format. Like, I was telling her about how there's so much, like, incest in my family on both sides. <laughs> both sides? Both sides of my family, yeah, Ew. dude. <laughs> like, my aunt on my mother's side married her cousin. And it's funny, because they lived in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico's a small island. Right now, it has, like, 1.5 million people. Back in the 60s, probably had about closer to a mil. And they lived on top of a mountain, and they would only, like, socialize with the people on the other side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. They would never really, like, go out, like, to the city. I mean, they would go to the city. They were known as the cool kids in high school. But for some reason, like, dating-wise, she didn't want to – she only wanted to fuck with the other side of the mountain. And the other side of the mountain was, like, my grandma's cousins and, you know, Mm. sisters and brothers – and so my aunt Anna <laughs> married her fucking cousin and they didn't realize until like after they had two fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did they find out though? Cuz like later on like they they were, had like I think it was like a family album or something. They were looking at pictures and they're like, "Yo, that's like that's my mom. Yeah. What's your mom <laughs> as kids?" What is this? <laughs> and they found out, like, oh, fuck, we're cousins. <laughs> and, like, what do you do at that moment? Do you stay together? Or you're like, hey, we already built this life. Like, we have two kids. <laughs> like, we can't just stop right now because this is against God. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they, no, they, it turns out they, it worked out perfect because they already fucking hated each other because they were married. And so they, they, they got divorced. And Oh, that's funny. She's been with my Uncle Lou for a while. And on my dad's side, my aunt, his sister, married her second cousin. And they're still together. Yeah. Really? And that fool's wild. Because that fool used to launder money for the cartel out of Puerto Rico. Oh, shit. And he only got caught because uh, it was a sting operation. He was laundering money for an FBI agent that he thought was part of the cartel. And they caught him and they sent him to Miami to prison. But he was smart about it because he put everything in my aunt's name. So he didn't lose anything. So when he came, like, comes back home to Puerto Rico, they still got a ranch out there. They still got horses. They still got land and shit. They still got money because everything was under my aunt. Man, he's lucky she loves him. Cause... Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Sometimes when they leave, <laughs> you don't see them like, anymore. Nah, That's bro. She, she was in love with that fool. Yeah, uh, he—he's uh, not a big fan of my dad and everything. I don't know. I mean, like, I've got some crazy like family stuff. Like, uh, my dad used to like smuggle stuff across the border, and he Hello. told me uh, this one time where he was doing it. He was on a run, and then they caught him, and it was the military, the Mexican military, and the commander of the military. He like walks up to him. He's like this big buff dude. He's got his hands behind his back, just slowly walking to him, and he's like. So what are you doing? 
He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, bringing some stuff over to my family, this, this, and that. And he's like, uh, no, we know what you're doing. <laughs> and if you don't stop right now, I'm going to kill you. And, like, he brings out a gun. He just pulls it out. I will shoot you in your head. And I was just like, what the fuck? Because this is Mexico. Yeah. Like, the military does not give a fuck. They are <laughs> in power. They will, if they want to get rid of you, they want to get rid of you. If the cartel wants to get rid of you, they, they can get rid of you. Like, anything can happen over there. So that scared the fuck out of him. And after that, he just, like, crossed the border and then came over here. Damn, dude. Dude, that was your grandpa? That was my dad. Your dad? Damn, dude. Yeah. Oh, my grandpa, actually, my grandpa on my mom's side, he was in the military. That shit fucked him up. Oh, shit? He went went crazy. He was in the mental hospital. Damn, dude. Dude, they they did the same shit with my grandpa. They sent him to a mental hospital. But he was also a piece of shit. Terrible human being. Um but like they said that in the in the seventies they were living in New York. They moved from Puerto Rico to New York. He had a shop out there, like a clothing store, and um, his dad, my great grandpa, got nearly beaten to death, like by an inch of his life left by a bunch of Italians at that time. And so my grandpa goes to a bar. Wait, look, where, where was this? In New York. In New York. Yeah. Only in New York. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only in New York. And so my grandpa goes Wait, to the bar. What year was it? It was like in the, I don't know the exact year. I know it was in the 70s. 70s, yes. The 70s. Uh, racism. Like, oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, like, you, you know, West Side Story, you know, uh, Puerto Ricans versus the, the fucking whites? It was really Italians. Italians. Puerto Ricans versus Italians back in the day oh, in the 70s. My God. And so honestly, it was Italians versus a lot of people. Like they, <laughs> the mob and all that. Yeah, dude. But these these weren't mob guys. These were just they. They was just fucking Italians. And so my dad goes to the bar. My dad, not my dad. My grandpa goes to the bar, looks for the guy that was that was in charge of the little crew, and fucking kills him. My my grandpa gets six months in prison for murder, and he got released only because the other guy was an immigrant from italy and there was no proof of his existence in the u.s so there was no proof that he was alive so they released my grandpa and then he became the godfather (laughs) (laughs) then he became fucking stir crazy dude (laughs) yo but he killed the man killed the fucker dude yeah man my mom tells me that shit all the time (laughs) <laughs> as a bedtime story <laughs> Good night <laughs> Sleep on that Also th- <laughs> Abuelo's a murderer On my dad's side like My grandpa He was just a bus driver dude A drunk You know Uh huh He got Alzheimer's now And my parents are divorced And it's funny Cause every time my dad Would go to Puerto Rico To visit my grandpa At the nursing home He's always asking about my mom. And my dad remarried, has a new wife and everything, and they'll go both visit him. And then he'll be like, Who, who's this lady? Where's Teresa? <laughs> like in front of my dad, like his new wife. He's <laughs> like, who the hell is this? Is this the nurse? <laughs> what if she doesn't have Alzheimer's? She's just doing that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> who's this bitch? I like the other one. <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, I got this shit, too. So... I don't really have... I'm not doing an intro anymore. Like, we just got to end it. Yeah. You know? Uh, I'll do the intro myself. I, re- I pre-record it now. And I'll just, like, talk for a little bit. And, like, I'm just trying to, like, get ideas out. But thank you for 
coming through, dog. Oh, hell yeah, man. Like, how do you feel about stand? Like, how long have you been doing it now? Three, uh, be three years in March. Three years in March. Yeah, okay. this uh, in March of 2024 will be three years. So, yeah, if, dude. Uh, for those of you watching, listening, uh, this is Nate Ortiz. Oh, uh, what's up, Nate? <laughs> People call me Truck now. They call you Truck? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm Truck. <laughs> Are you competing with Choo Choo now? Is that Choo Choo? <laughs> damn, bro. <laughs> I haven't seen that fool in a minute. Shout out Choo Choo. <laughs> nah, dude, it just like it just started up one day, and you know, Danny Guerrero. Shout out Danny. He he puts shout me out. up on uh, back of the bus and just puts brings me up his truck. And it's like a whole nother dude that goes up there, bro. Oh, it's like a character? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I fucks with it, you know? I just go up there and I look at the first woman I see and I say, hey, what's up? You ever been fucked by a Ford F-250 before? <laughs> Truck! <laughs> <laughs> and just go off, dude. Stupid, man. <laughs> like, uh, I thought about characters on stage for a minute. Like, uh, there was this one time where... I was like really mad for some reason. It was like a couple years ago. I was like really mad and I was just like, I was pissed off at myself. I was like, my material sucks. I'm a terrible comedian. I'm not funny. This is not. And I was about to go up and I was just like, how can I have the most fun right now? Fuck the jokes. Fuck uh, my idea of what I'm trying to do. Whatever. Let me have fun. So I found this uh, wheelchair in the back at Secret. Right. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck it. How, let me just take this wheelchair and just go on stage. Right. So immediately i had this idea i was just like uh it's got to be like what am i trying to do what am i trying to do and i get called up i'm rolling on the stage right <laughs> and like people are just like oh my god what's going on and like i'm like uh i lost my legs a long time ago but i also i believe in the lord i love christ and <laughs> through him anything is possible and i believe tonight everybody here Please, let's pray right now. Pray that my legs work right now. Pray. Let's all pray. <laughs> and I just start praying and shit. And then I was just like, I, I, I feel something. I feel something. And I start getting up, right? And I'm like, I'm standing up. And then everybody's just like, I'm, I'm grabbing the, the mic stand though. And I'm like pulling myself up. And I'm just like, it's working, everybody. The, the power of Christ is working. The power of Christ is working. And then I just fall down to the floor. Dude, you need a fucking Benny Hem in that audience, bro. <laughs> Dude, you, you, do you know who Benny Hem is? Huh? The Benny Hem. Uh, he's a he's a televangelist. Ah, okay. dude, and dude from the nineties, real big, fucking wild shit. Like they bring up a person is like this person has cancer, AIDS, <laughs> you know, AIDS cancer, and they they no longer have feeling in their left toe. And then Benny Ham will be like, because, you know, speaking tongues and shit. And then fucking go, whoosh. And then she would fall over and just like having seizures. But she's feeling the spirit. And she would get up being like, I feel my toe, you know, like type shit, bro. <laughs> Dude, Benny Ham was a trip, bro. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> no, I know somebody, uh, I can't say who, but I, I know somebody who uh, kind of did that. Like, they were at these, like, little, uh, what do they call them? Like, it's, it's not mass, but, like, it's kind of like, uh, 
Lakewood, but in a smaller scale. Mm, okay. Like little small little shows. Like yeah. People just get together and pray, and they're just like, there's music. They're like, oh, we, we feel the Lord. I think it's we like, yeah, praise Lord. and worship and shit like that. Yeah, so the, the my friend, he was just like, do you feel God in you right now? And they're like, yes, I feel God. Let him heal you of all your sins and like all that. <laughs> and I was just like, I asked him, I was like, do you, do you believe that you're doing something to them? And he's like, no, I believe that the Lord is giving me the strength and get is, is the strength through me as an outlet and giving it to them. And I was just like, I don't, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, that just sounds like you're trying to avoid taxes. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where like, I, if it helps you, if it, like the mind is a powerful thing. Oh yeah, dude. It's Whatever, the yeah. placebo effect, it's bro. It's a placebo effect, but also the, the mind can heal us of like a lot of our problems. If we just really focus on them, we just don't. And I, I even think of myself because, like, religion has always been a weird thing for me. Like, I'm not very religious at all. I'm more agnostic than anything, you know? Yeah. And for me, I when I was younger, I was Catholic. But then I got... I saw George Carlin for the first time, and it was that special where he's talking about, like, fuck religion, you know, all oh, this is fake, da da da. And then I started, I was like 12, 13, and I was like, oh, he's right. <laughs> and I'm in, the, I'm in the church just watching around, having them pass out around the plate, and I'm just like, oh, this is a racket. Okay. Like, <laughs> it shut me out. But, like, for me right now, I have, I have prayed, but, like, every once in a while. The, the only time I pray is when things get really bad. Yeah. Like, it's the last resort. It's like, all right, God, I, I hope you're there right now because I really need you. <laughs> See, I, I, I pray too, but I pray to the universe, you know, because I don't know if God's real. I'm also agnostic, but yeah. I know the the universe is a thing. And I know it's like it has everything in it and it controls everything. And so I'm like, yo, universe, like if you can bless me with this one. And it's the same shit as prayer. Like, dude, not many people know this, but my, my dad was a pastor growing up. Like, I was... Oh, really? Yeah, dude. I was... From the moment I was born till maybe about 17, I was in the church at all, all times, you know? And so just watching that shit and knowing back then before watching George Carlin or anything like that, knowing that this is all bullshit, you know? Mm. It's like... Why does this one guy have the right to say what God thinks, you know? Like, what makes him right? And stuff like that. Like, why is his interpretation of the word correct or something? And so, like, I don't know, man. I've never really fucked with religion. Dude, I've had plenty of times where, like, 15, 20 people have prayed over me. Cause they felt like there was something wrong, but it was just me being like, nah, dude, this church is three hours long. I want to go fucking home. I got to destroy all humans video <laughs> game like, from blockbuster. Get off it. <laughs> just like, no, don't leave. Dude, no. And it's the same shit. Like there would be like, did you feel that? Did you feel the presence of God in that moment? I was like, nah, dude, but I felt all y'all's fucking hot breath on my ass, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, that was a trip being a pastor's kid, man. There was a lot of things I didn't get to do because I had to go to church. You know? Um, so, growing up, like, you were a good kid, right? Like, no, nah, dude, time? fuck no, nah, dude. <laughs> that was a problem child. Dude, I knew, I knew the position I had uh, in the church, especially because my dad was the pastor. So, I would act out. 
and they'll be like, don't make me get your, your parents. And I was like, really? You're going to get my dad right now? You're going to stop the whole sermon and ask him to come over to the nursery and whoop my ass real quick? Nah, dude, I'm going to keep fucking up, dude, you know? Like, I knew. Damn, you like, used it to your advantage. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. It got It got to a point like that, you know? But I don't know, man. It was just. I wouldn't do that to my kids, you know? Uh-huh. I wouldn't force religion on them, in a sense. Like, when they're 18, you know, when they're free to do what they want, if they want to find Jesus, hey, that's on you, you know? Uh-huh. That's your way to do it. My whole thing is, like, don't force it upon someone who doesn't want it, you know? Mm. That's why I fucking hate Christians. <laughs> Because they feel like their way is the well, here's right way. Here's the thing. Like, th- that's why you get them when they're young. Like, oh, yeah, you, you, dude. You, you instill it like, oh, no, this is just our life. This is how it's always been. Even though it's not. This is what we choose to live, uh, to live by and to do. You know, we always have a choice. Like, I learned a long time ago, like, because of psychedelics. A couple years ago, I had uh, an acid trip that turned into ego death. Right. When I woke up the next day, I don't remember who I was, yeah. where, where, I, where I was, what I was doing, how I got there. And I just, for five minutes, I kept trying to remember. And I was just like, oh, I could be somebody completely different right now, you know? And after five minutes, my memories started rushing back from birth to that moment. And I was just like, oh, okay, so this is who I am. This is how I live my way, da, 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 da. And I was just like, do I still want to live this life, though? Hmm. And I realized that. Every day I'm choosing to be me, to live my life, to do certain things. And sometimes they change and sometimes I, I force them to change and sometimes I stop doing certain things yeah. because of how they affect me. But I'm choosing to be this all the time. And, but I can also choose to be something else tomorrow. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what I do anymore. It's just like, I'm just choosing to be a good person. I'm just choosing to be happy with the people around me and have a great time and just just live my life. Yeah, dude, hey, say, just say you're non-binary, dog. <laughs> you, you could be someone else the next day. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true, though. It's yeah, yeah. It's true. No, it's, I, that's why I love psychedelics, too, man. Um, I mean, I've had, I've done acid a lot when I was younger from the age of, like, 18 to, like, 20. Uh, and it fucked with my psyche a little bit in the sense of, like, I was really into the simulation theory that I was like, dude, none of this fucking exists. Like we're in the Sims and like I could do anything right now. I felt like I was in GTA, you know, I felt like that for a minute. Yeah. That where it's like, dude, I could just go up and just smack, smack a couple hoes, you know, you and can though, <laughs> you can, there are consequences to your actions, yeah. but you can, you don't get to leave the hospital only paying five hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, you, you do some time. <laughs> oh yeah, you're gonna get in trouble. And then that's that's another thing that I realized because like I was uh, not the same way as you, but I, I got in trouble a lot, and I kind of like used use my young looks to my advantage, just look <laughs> my big glasses and just looking yeah. like an idiot and just like what's going on, just acting dumb all the time, acting the fool, but. The one thing I realized like recently is like I've been acting the fool for so long that I've become the fool, hmm. you know, and that's not a way I want to be. I want to be more intelligent, more well thought out because I like, even uh, talking to my guest uh, on this podcast, I'm just like, I want to sound like I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. 
and even though I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, I, I care too much about what people think. Yeah, you man. Know? But yeah. I, I do care about this, the audience too, you know, because the audience dictates like if I'm funny or not. And I need that reaction as a comedian, as a performer, you know. And like uh, sometimes I tell myself, I'm just like, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep working. Good things will happen. You know, and we talked about this earlier. How like you know you can't be sensitive in in comedy. You can't. But we're also like the most sensitive, sensitive people, motherfuckers, yeah. dude. Like we give a shit if what people think about us. You know, we care if like why did I not get on this show? Yeah. Like, why is why are they on it? You know, and I'm not. You know. Well, you. It's like three years in. Yeah. Do you still feel like that sometimes? To a certain extent, but I also realize now, especially after taking that month off and I came back, I'm realizing now it's like I wasn't ready, you know, Mm. you know, like, thank God I wasn't on that because I wouldn't have been able to give the most that I can give, you know, because I couldn't have figured it out yet. And I still haven't figured out what the most that I could give out to an audience I'm still learning, but I feel like I'm on the right path towards it, you know, where I'm starting to understand, like, all right, maybe I don't deserve that spot just yet. Maybe in a year or two when I start figuring it out, you know? I understand that. Yeah, and I get that. I I really do because I've thought that way too. And now that I'm like, five years almost six in like i'm beginning to understand it's like it's not that type of mentality you need but you also have to understand it's about it's about you grasping the moment yeah taking the moment and just doing the whatever you can to have the best time and i love that i and love it, that thought. It, it's not always about the material sometimes because i've seen you go on stage and crowd work and just like light up the crowd you know you, yeah you, it's it's one of those things where like me as a comedian, like I'm sensitive and I'm also uh, I'm trying to get better at having more self-confidence because I need to trust myself more on stage. Once mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm confident on stage, I'm doing great. But the moment something comes to my mind or something happens and I can't, you know, f- fix that situation immediately, then I'm just like, ah, shit, I got to. I got to figure something out right now. Yeah, dude. You know, you get put on the spot. You're like, dude, the audience can tell already. Mm-hmm. They're just staring at me right now. I'm just trying to figure this out. Just do a fart joke or something like that, you know, and try to liven up the room again. But I, I love that thought of being in the moment because, like, you'll even see top guys, you know, that are doing specials and shit like that, like on Netflix or something. Like, like if you ever see them perform a lot some sometimes i've seen them not interact with the audience like if they're there it, it feels more like if it was a zoo you know mm-hmm. Bes- behind a plexiglass and they're just doing material i like i like to engage the audience cuz they're there you know they're they're there the same way i am so let me be present in this moment and acknowledge them and also like Show them that I am aware that they are there. You know, don't just go up and just, oh, you know, then do my five minutes and then just like, okay, I'm get off. You know, like I like to, I like to interact with the con. I like hecklers. You know, I don't mind it. 
if if they go off to a point, you know, and they're just drunk and they're being idiots, yeah. But heckling to me is like, it's how I figure out how strong I am, you know? Because if I get heckled and I'm able to come back with a fucking rebuttal, like how quick I can come back at it and then get the whole room back on my side, I love that, dude. That to me is one of my favorite parts of stand-up, you know? And where like... Oh, dude, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't I don't have a problem with heckling. Uh, and I know like every every show people do, they're like, hey, keep table talk to a minimum. Don't heckle unless the comic talks back, talks to you first. And it's like, that's why sometimes like I'll go up and I'll just look at random people like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, how's it going? And shit like that. I'll, I'll start interacting with them to let them know like, hey, you can't talk to me. You know, mm-hmm. like this is, excuse me, this is like, this is not a presentation. This is an interaction. If if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but for me personally, it's it's more of a presentation. Cause I think about it. Uh it's cool if you're doing it in a small room. Yeah. But once it gets bigger and bigger and they're further back, you can't really interact with each and every person. Exactly. Sometimes. Yeah. So you just have to focus on your material. And uh, but I do like crowd working like at secret all the time. Just talking to people, bullshitting. I get heckled all the time, too. So oh, you're right, though. Ha- over the years of people just like constantly heckling me because they think of, because how I look, I'm not going to say anything or I'm not going to do anything. And then I hit them back and they're like, oh, he actually has jokes. This is like, yeah. yeah. I'm not and, doing and seeing this. them get frustrated. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, fuck it's you, just, mm. <laughs> It's like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I shut down people all the time, but just like, I, I try to do it in a way now where it's respectful. Like, I'm I'm joking with you, and you know it, you know? Because yeah, I don't want them just to, like, just for me to say something and, like, well, fuck you, mother. Like, you know, like, I need to, you to know, like, hey, we're in this together, but I got control of the room. Yeah. You know? Like, you said your thing, now let me do mine. Like, this, this is wrestling bit I've been working on. Like, I'm trying to develop more material in it because I, I know a lot about it. And I'm just trying to go in that angle. Uh, and one of one of my like funniest things that I've ever said, in my opinion, was like this lady was kind of like talking to me, and she was like, "Wrestling's gay," and I was like, "It's not gay. It's scripted." And and that got the crowd going. You know, they they loved that. And I was like, "Dude, that's actually pretty funny," because everyone knows wrestling's fake and it's scripted. I don't know. I just and sometimes like. I get most of my shit from the audience, you know? I've also, like, I've done some sets where it's like, all right, I have material prepared, this new joke I want to try out. And then I abandoned it, all of it, to just fuck with the audience. Like, there was one time, uh, this was back in the day, probably like a year ago. It was a secret. It was a Wednesday. It was a Thursday night or something. And there's big muscle motherfucker started heckling me you know and so i was going in on him dude i think at one point i said that because he had his girl next to him and i was like i bet you like fucking her on all fours huh and he was like yeah and i was like that's because you fuck dogs <laughs> you fucking joe rogan oh. listening piece of shit dude you know dude it's like <laughs> oh bro he was eating food i was like the fuck you got in there protein powder dude you eating a fucking protein powder torta dog like <laughs> 
Uh, they're just going in. And I had a whole set prepared. And I, I remember being upset with myself because I was like, fuck, dude. I didn't do anything I wanted to do. And I was like, no, man. That was in, I was in the moment, you know? Yeah. And I start, I start realizing that now. Like, I still catch myself being like, I want to try this out. But then I'll go in on the audience. You know, I'll mess with them. There, something happens, and I and I react to it. You know, what you're doing, what you're supposed to be doing. Like, if something happens, you talk about it, right? Exactly. Be funny in the moment. Uh, it's about merging the two worlds. You know, about being in the moment, but also have knowing like what you're trying to say or what you're trying to do, or whatever point you're trying to make. You know, and, and I allow myself now. Like, I, I was very rigid when I started. I just stuck to a script. I knew what the jokes that I wanted to do, and I just kept to that. And then after a while, I got kind of tired of that, and I was just like, let me start crowd working for a bit. Then I started working on that. And then now I have an idea of what I want to say now, but I'll leave branches for myself sometimes, meaning Hmm. like I'm I'm going one way, and if I like want to crowd work or want to do something, I'll do it for a second, get back in the bit. Or if I want to add a new tag or go to a different way with it, I'll do that and then try to get back to the same punchline that I knew and just get that laugh at the end. Yeah. Like, I, I, I play around with it so much now. It's uh, And it sucks because, like, you have to be very tight during shows, you know? And for me, like, I'm tight for, like, the first two, three minutes, and then I'm just like, let me have some fun right now. Instead of, like, sticking to that boom, 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 boom. I, I get too comfortable sometimes. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I like having fun more than I like uh, just doing one thing. You know, and it's just like, I, I don't know. I might be doing it the wrong way. I'm no, no. I That's that's how I love to do it. That's like there's certain rooms in our scene where I feel like I could be the most free. There's other rooms where I'm like, OK, I have to do nothing but material, you know. What, OK, where do you free feel the most free in Houston right now? Uh, Natsuo, Social Beer Garden, um, Secret. And Axel Red 2, I can be free. It's just, I know the audience is not going to fuck with it. <laughs> you what are you talking about? Dude, I've seen you do great there. Dude, Axel Red, I love Axel Red, bro. But sometimes, like, that audience will flip on you on a second, bro. You know? You- okay, I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The audience sometimes can be real. Yeah. And And what I mean by that is, like, they will laugh. If you are funny, if you are hilarious, they will laugh at whatever you're saying. But if you're not, they're not going to give you an inch. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, dude. And, but that makes you better as a comedian because oh, yeah. that's a real audience. That audience tells you, like, if you're funny or not. That's a real, like, indicator, you know. But, like, with these other shows sometimes, you can't really tell because some guys get laughs and you're just like, that's not really that funny, though. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? know? I like... I. I the audience and just being at Axelred in the room, how it's small, how it's intimate, has uh, has made me so much better as a comedian. Like, no lie. Like, just going there and going in front of real audiences makes you better. And I, I, Honestly, Axelred is probably the most nervous I ever get before going up, especially the minute mic. Really? Oh, dude, the minute freaks me out way more than just doing a five minute why, why does it why does one minute freak you out because i want to at least get three laughs in that minute you know so i want six you okay all right <laughs> well, we're going by years now <laughs> it's like i want i'm like i want to get the most laughs i can and so like 
last time I went, uh, I didn't go this past Sunday. Uh, I took the day off. Uh, the, the, I went the week prior, and I had a first minute went fucking great. You know, talked about feet, you know, went off on it. Second minute, nothing. <laughs> I, did, I did my jokes that I normally do in the middle that I know they're not heavy hitters, so I keep them in the middle. And I did them for that minute because I was trying to rework them. Got nothing. And then I was like, all right, dude, 50 <laughs> 50 tonight. And I just, dude, it just freaks me out, man, because a minute goes by so quick. And I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, I could do this one joke because I know it's a minute. And then I'll go up and do the joke. Then I look at Jeff Joe's phone and I'm like, fuck, that's only been 35 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> hey, you guys like the Astros? Yeah. <laughs> that happened to me the other night. I was just like, how long have I been up here, Jeff? <laughs> like, and I saw on the phone, 50 seconds. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. So it does, I like it because it lets me know, like, it, you can really time your shit out. Um, but man, yeah, dude, there's, there's times where. I'm just going, I'm go up and I'm freaking the fuck out just in that game room they have in the back. And I'm just like, fuck, dude. All right, all right, let's, let's fucking go. But damn, man. No, it's, a, it's very, I'm weird, bro. I've been told a lot that my style is stand up, that I'm able to get the crowd on my side and then I'm able to immediately lose them and then gain them back, you know? I've been told by mm. many people being like, dude, I don't know how the fuck you're able to lose them and then get them back the next second. And what I was do you like, mean, what do you mean by lose them, though? It's like I'll say a joke that doesn't land and then I'll go a little bit on a tangent and it's not working. And then I'll, I'll do another thing or I'll recognize it and be like, all right, what the fuck was I just doing? And then I'll go back and do another joke that I know will work and get them back on my side. And at that point, I could say something else and it'll work. It's weird. But that's that's. You're working. Yeah. That's the thing. That's, that's, people are amazed by you being able to do that. <laughs> that's you supposed to, like, if you're working on new stuff, of course you sandwich it in and then you get something good. If it bombs, you get a good joke, of course. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just like, it's such a stupid comment. <laughs> Honestly, for me, I'm just like, if I see somebody bombing, I'm, I'm watching to see, like, how do they get them back? Yeah. I'm actually, like, I'm waiting. And if they don't get them back, I'm just like, well, okay, fuck it, whatever. But you try it at least. Like, are you really trying to reach for it? You know? Yeah, are you, what are you trying to do? And, like, those are the comments that, uh, that comment sometimes. I'm just like, I get that you just once, when you see somebody bombing, you're immediately thinking they're bad. I don't yeah. know why some comics are like that. When they see them bomb, like, they'll see them bomb, like, once or twice and go, oh, no, they're terrible. But then the yeah. other times they don't see them, they fucking kill. And this is, they're just basing their decision off of one time. Exactly, dude. And it, it sticks, though. That's the one thing that sucks. That it sticks for some people, and you they you can never get over that. No, yeah. Because I've had that happen to me, where like I've gotten a lot better, and and some people don't book me because of the first time that they saw me. You know. Yeah. Or this this idea that they think of what I was, not what I am now, and it just it sucks, man. No, uh, no, no. I I agree with that statement completely, because like. First few, first year I feel like I was out here, I was just bombing, eating, eating it, dude. And I um, now feel like I'm able to be more confident in my jokes where I'm like, okay, I know this is going to work, you know? I've the had first, first impressions are very hard. Oh, yeah, dude. And I first suck at first impressions, bro. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible. 
I was. I'm, t- I'm a good third impression. Dude, guy. Dude, literally, <laughs> dude, I literally tell everybody, third time you meet me, Yo, you're gonna love I me. I kill it. <laughs> Those first two times are just practice, okay? <laughs> uh, and that, that's that's with every everything, dude. Like social situations, uh, comedy. Like third time you meet me, you're gonna love me. Yeah, first time you're like, dude, this guy fucking sucks. He's an asshole. You know, it's annoying. Second time you're like, okay, I guess that's just him. Mm-hmm. Third time it's like. Uh, you know, he's lovable. It's like you're stage. You're on stage. You'll bomb and then you'll win them back. (laughs) No, bro, dude. Ask anybody. Ask any of uh, my my friends, bro. They'll tell you, like, Nate always says he's better on the third impression. (laughs) Oh, man. But I do feel that about myself. Like, I've never even said that before. That's crazy. But, like, uh, I do feel like that. But that's only because, like, I have so much anxiety and, like, I overthink shit all the time. Oh, yeah. It's hard for me to be in the moment. That's why when I'm on stage and I am in the moment, that's one of like my most favorite feelings because I'm, I'm outside of I'm, outside of everything that's around me. I'm just in the zone, you know. That that's a beautiful feeling right there. With me, I think I'm just not comfortable with silence. Like, and I used to be not so much like audience-wise. It's more like the hang. You know, when you're sitting at a table upstairs of the secret group, chilling, and it's just silent. I immediately feel like I got to say something or do something to, like, get the groove back going. I can't sit in silence, bro. Like, it drives me wild. Like. Have you always been like that? Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, like, I think I, I think I take it back to, like, my childhood because, like, I've had many, there was my family, we were very quiet in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like we never really talked about our issues, anything like that. It was up until like the, the cup overflowed, you know, and then shit started blowing up. But. Oh, you got a backpack? Huh? What? Do I got a backpack? <laughs> this is the bomb. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, my cousin Jason. <laughs> Sorry, I'm good at callbacks. <laughs> And so, fucking, nah, man, and because of that, like, I can't just sit in silence. It's the it's the whole thing of, like, wanting the attention, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, man. It's Just needing attention, like. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, I'm not like that. I'm the opposite. I hate attention. And it's funny that I'm doing stand-up because you d- gain the most attention exactly so it's just like I, I i don't know why i'm doing this even though i hate it like when i get off stage i don't want to talk to people <laughs> i either want to go upstairs and go smoke a joint or a cigarette or just hang out and talk but then when people come up to me afterwards i'm just like ah shit now i gotta be funny guy again yeah. <laughs> no dude i get super uncomfortable i'm always like oh yeah hey thanks thank you yeah i, I wrote that <laughs> yeah i wrote that <laughs> i said that, that those that, are the things that was I me. Said. Like, <laughs> hey, no dude that i mean i relate like i relate so much to comics i, I love to just hanging out with them and just chilling outside and then but like it's always funny like you know when you're when you're at a large table and there's a bunch of comics and you're all hanging out and then like a regular person walks over and tries to join the group it starts cracking jokes too and they're bombing uh, and 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 we're all just staring at them like yo dude like (laughs) know your place yeah (laughs) get out of here peasant no they just they saw it 
all y'all on stage. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, let me go talk to the comedians. Maybe I'll crack some jokes with them. I was just like, no, nah, don't dude. even. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, you haven't suffered. No, you're, you're stepping into the lion's den, all right? <laughs> you're going to get slaughtered. <laughs> yeah, man, it happens a lot at Secret. Yeah, I mean, of course. It's one of those places where everybody feels comfortable that where they can just come up to you and talk to you. At the improv... I don't think it, that it's the same feeling. I don't know if it's because of the venue or how like the whole business has worked out, but it doesn't really because like after the uh, headliner gets off stage, they go and take pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like we don't do that. We just have conversations with people. <laughs> like, if anything, I'm asking the audience member if I could bum a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm only killing so I can get this fix. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've said that on stage so many times. Like I made you laugh, you owe me a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> gonna get paid somehow <laughs> exactly dude <laughs> i've done uh i did late night dirty two weeks ago uh secret group and audience member gave me fucking shrooms dude nice uh, and i was like fuck yeah dude just got paid <laughs> yeah. three 3.5 grams so you gotta share that with the no, <laughs> fuck no dude <laughs> that's my payment dude oh man no but uh that's a beautiful thing too because it's it's a weird world that we live in or the thing that we do because like we make people feel good and then that just entices them to like buy us a drink or cigarette or whatever yeah man and you just get handed it and you're just like okay fuck it yeah, like, thank <laughs> you. yeah dude no i'm super grateful for that shit you know i'm grateful for every opportunity i've been given like i gotta shout out my boy patrick Eady. shout you out know? I, I fucking love pat bro like that guy he's put me on a bunch of spots like he he believes in me and shit he put me on my yeah. first show. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. This was like, uh, like what, like five years ago? Damn, man. Like maybe four years ago, four or five years ago. But like, yeah, he put me on. Enrique was on it too. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, Enrique wore this like, it was Halloween. It was a Halloween uh, show. So Enrique wore this like gorilla suit and he had a mask. <laughs> and then I, uh, I forgot what I wore. Probably, you were the like, banana? Some, some onesie or whatever, right? Like, and then uh, Enrique goes on stage and he has the mask on still, and he's just like, <laughs> and nobody can understand. <laughs> and he was like, "Is it my accent?" And I was like, no, no. <laughs> "It's the mask." I don't know why he had it on the whole time, but I went up. I, I had a, I had an okay set. Like, I, I I did okay, and I felt good about myself. But like, yeah, that was. That was one of the first times, man. Hell yeah, man. No, dude. I, and it was at PJ's, actually. PJ's, dude. That's a room. I was, who, I was, I was, I don't know who I was talking to about it, but like, we we're talking about how like that room always comes and goes. <laughs> it can oh. never, never have a consistent spot. You know, it's not like Darwin's. R.I.P. Oh, R.I.P. Darwin's, dude. God damn, dude. And you know what? It sucks is that these new guys, like these three, four monthers. They haven't experienced that. Dude, Darwin's were some of the most hardest sets. Darwin's used life. to be hot. When I when I came into the scene, Darwin's was one of the hottest mics here in Houston. Okay, so when I was going to Darwin's, when I started going there, the list was like 40 deep. Yeah. And there would be a crowd the whole pretty much the whole night. And it would be kind of like just going from eight to twelve. And I would get up there late at night and I would just like be waiting, be waiting. And it was some of the, those were hard. Darwin's when like it wasn't good, 
that's a hard run. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. But I, when it was good, it was popping. I remember after the pandemic, because I started comedy here in Houston after the pandemic. And that, like, the only mic that was really open was Darwin's. And it was kind of the same thing. Four, there was 40 signups. You know, it was packed out the gills. It was one of the only open bars. I'm not going to lie. I used to bomb there all the time. When I first yeah. started out, that was the one room. Oh, no, that at Rudd's. Now I'm, I, I love Rudd's. I, I do great there all the time. But Darwin's was one of the rooms where I knew I was going to bomb no matter what I did there. Yeah. It was weird. It's brutal. And these new guys don't understand that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but like I, I had <laughs> they, that. they have good sets at Natsuo, and they're like, oh, hell yeah, dude, I can make it. I'm like, no, have a fucking set at Darwin's. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> silence, dude. Oh, and the room would be packed, and you'd just be bombing. Oh, dude, like, I've seen Andy Huggins bomb at Darwin's, oh. and that is wild because I've never seen that full bomb, you know? And it's like, fuck, dude, they don't even like Andy, <laughs> you know? They don't like comedy. They just, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're like, just there to drink. Man. What are you here for? <laughs> they're there to drink. You're, we're ruining their good time. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah man. That was, yeah, that was always the thing. And then uh, I don't know if you remember doing Ruds when before they redid the stage. Uh, when it was f- on uh, the side of the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in the back wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a hard stage to do comedy on. It was weird. I don't know why. I just... That was my first ever open mic, Ruds, on a Monday night. And I bawled my ass off. And I guess, like, it might be a mental thing, like, from that first time. But for a long time, I would just not be good there. Hmm. It was weird. But I was doing good at other places, like Secret. I would go to Secret, and I would, like, do good. And I would just be like, this is kind of weird. Why am I only bombing here? And, like, did, like, and you were just, every time you'd go, you were just like, I got it. I got to fucking get it. Yeah. You know? And I'm always thinking, like, I got to kill this. I got to kill this. And then flat. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, it just tripped me the fuck out. <laughs> and this is, uh, was this when Dusty was running it? Yeah. 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 I have, I remember doing that, Mike. Shout want- out. Shout out, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, shout out, dude. Shout out. No, shout yeah. out. <laughs> no, I, uh, I remember doing it first time and i had a really good set i remember this it was one of my first sets and it was because i was very vocal i kept i kept shouting and i, I hate shouting like it, it to me it's cheap you know kind of like it's like saying this is the punchline you know laugh at this and I, I i didn't like it uh was shouting it throughout your whole set or at certain moments at certain moments in the set you know that i would like but that that is an indicator of to the audience of saying hey this is the punchline yeah but to me it just felt cheap you know i don't Mm -hmm. know if uh, i didn't like it uh but did you feel like it was like a cheat code or something now i do at that time i thought it was good in my opinion in my head i was like this is this is how you do it and and i'm like you don't have i don't know i I'm loud as a person in general, you know, and so I just I don't want to I don't want to be known as the shouting guy, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to get stuck to a certain thing. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, so did you feel like you were becoming that? Did people tell you like, hey, no one told sh-? me. It was just me, you know, it was uh-huh. just me realizing like, damn, dude, every time I'm up, I, I, I shout and I, I just didn't like it. It didn't feel good on the car ride back home. Okay. See, I, I felt like that, but like through because of 
outside sources telling me like, hey, you're this guy or you do this on stage and stuff like that. And me going like, oh, if they think I do that, well, let me just switch it up. Let me do something completely different from that. Yeah. But then I also realized like it, you can either do that. That's that's a good way to grow, but it's going to take you longer to get to where you want to be. Or you can take that feedback. It's like, hey, you're good at this thing and just keep doing that and master that one thing. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many aspects and so many different ways you can go about it creatively, you know, writing wise, whatever. But like for me personally, I'm just trying to be a comedian. So I don't care how long it takes me. I'm going to take these different uh, attributes and different things you can do on stage, like with crowd work, with like voice infliction, faces too, like opening your eyes when you're angry or something like that kind of gets a laugh sometimes. Like it's yeah. just all these different ways of like trying to figure out just how to get that laugh without saying something, you know? I think like, I guess in my, like I didn't want to rely on the shouting, you know? Like I was it every time you said that punchline, you yelled it. And, and it was not just like one joke. It was like every punchline I said, and that's it. And I just, I just remember being like, mm, I didn't like that, you know? Uh, and it was it was not a bad set. Like it was my first set at Rudd's. Uh, I It's on my Instagram. It's like a fight. It's one of my first videos I ever posted. Posted a full oh, five minute set. Okay, so this is when you were first starting out. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I mean, like, I don't. I used to do this joke about like I still do the first half. I don't do the rest. But it, like I would do this a WWE announcer voice. Oh, when you're calling out your mom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find that so cringe. But it now. does. Yeah, it does get pops, but I fucking hate doing it, dude. Why? It just, I don't know. Like, it just, oh, I can't, I can't like describe the feeling. I, I tell people it's like, well, I, I feel the audience. If the audience isn't really feeling it, I'm not going to do it. But then it got to a point where it's like, I just don't want to do it. You know, it just... Is it the fact that you're doing the voice or the fact that you're saying it's a WWE announcer? It's it's the fact that I'm doing the voice, you know? I just... I don't know, dude. It's so weird. I just... I, I, I try to be as real as possible on stage, you know, uh, in the sense of, like, my affliction in my voice that I sound the same off stage as I am on stage. I'm not doing a, you know, a, a, a different type of voice or anything. Uh, Can you do voices? Dude, I could do a fucking Mickey. Mickey Mouse, dude. But you don't want to be the voice guy. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. And so... I mean, uh, but like, if it's just for one joke, would you be okay with it? I mean, like, I mean, I have that one joke and I'm not okay with it, you know? You don't even... Okay, so you don't even want to do it at all. I hate it, dude. I hate it. It's so cringy to me. Like, I'll just do the first half of the joke. And I'll just be fine with that, you know. But it's also funny because, like, it's it's not a bad angle that I do it in. Because I say it, it's like I bring, like, I, I announce my mom walking into the room. And I'd say, you know, like, uh, the lady who makes, who does my laundry makes me PBJs. And also the lady who uh, on has a doctor's appointment on my day off. And then I say at the end, it's like, now I live in my car now because she kicked me out the house. And I'd say, and I do the same shit to the homeless guy walking across the street. 
And I go, I do it in the voice again where I'm like, and he traded his shoes for a shopping cart, you know? <laughs> and it, it works. And then I, and something that for a minute, that didn't work. That part right there uh-huh. where I'm talking about the homeless. And, but then I would go in the angle and was like, I'm the homeless guy in that joke, you know? I got an oldies cart because you got to pay a quarter for it. It's a lot more fancier. Uh-huh. And that was working for me. I just, I don't know, dude. It's just, you, you, like, you, I know you, you got to have material where, like, you don't like doing anymore because it's kind of cringy to you. Yeah, most of my stuff that I've done first couple years, I don't do anymore. Yeah, dude. And it's like. Pretty much, like, all the stuff that I've done recently is, brand, like, newish. Like, either last year or, like, couple months. And that's just stuff that I'm, like, working on now because, like, I, I realized I was just, like, most of the material that I had before sucked. I mean, if we're going back to the Darwins and why I was bombing at Darwins and Ruz, it, I sucked. I yeah. was horrible. And I didn't really understand it. The first time I killed at Darwins was a weird experience because I wasn't doing it with jokes. I was just up. I was angry. Yeah. I, no, I swear to God, I was in the car. I was uh, maybe, like, two years in. And I was just like, I always bomb here. Why the fuck do I always bomb here? It doesn't matter what I do. Fuck it. I'm just going to go up and just be me. And I use that anger that I had for some reason. Like I was angry at one of my friends and I was just like, fuck it. Let me use this as motivation or on stage as my attitude or whatever. And I went up there and I just started talking shit and they were laughing. And I was just like, all I had to do this the whole time was just talk shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's worked for me a lot too. (laughs) But you were being your genuine self. My most authentic self at that moment. I was feeling what I was feeling and I just brought it out. Exactly. And And it worked. Well, it worked at that moment. I I realized that that's not always the best way to go about it. The only reason that set worked, in my opinion, the only reason why I did well that, that time is because I was just feeling it it was just in me and i needed to get it out there have been other times where i'm feeling a certain type of way and i'll try to get it out on stage and it just n- does not work it just completely just bombs there yeah. are those moments in life where you just you feel it like you have to go up now like you're feeling something so bad and you go up and you kill that shit and like you're you even wonder yourself like how, how the fuck did i even do that at the end it just it just comes out now i'm at a point where i'm on stage and i'll just say jokes immediately that I never thought of before and they hit hmm. just in the moment just just say something in the moment and it just hits and I'm, and sometimes I'm just that's like that's a good fucking feeling too it's a great feeling but it's also like it kind of like makes me think like why couldn't I think of that first you know why couldn't I write that down first yeah. and then try to work on that why did it have to be in the moment and then sometimes when you try that same joke at a different show like I talked about this with Andy on the podcast like it doesn't work Hmm. Because it was just for that moment, that yeah. one time there. Yeah, you try to recreate it. You can't recreate moments like that. No. No, and like that's what I've realized. It's like if you're really feeling it, just do it. Because you know you're feeling like you want to do this. You're motivated. You're really motivated, so you're going to give it your best to say whatever it is you want to say. But when you're not motivated, that's the hardest thing in life, especially with stand-up. There have been so many nights where I just go out, and I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to go up. I don't want to do these jokes. But... I'll still do well because I've done this for so long. You know, I'm just conditioned to go up and do my job. Yeah. Have fun, da 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 da. But then when I get off stage, I'm still back to being angry or living my life, whatever's going on in my mind, you know? And we're just human beings. That's just how it is. Like, we give up our time for however it is we are on stage to have the most fun that we do. And then we go back to living our lives. No, yeah, man. No, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, Sometimes it's not fun, though. 
No, you it's know? not. Sometimes it's work. Yeah. But that that's just... The reason why I do this is because I love it so much. And it doesn't matter how much I have sacrificed, how much I've lost in my life, what, what I've gone through. That I'm still going to do this for the rest of my life. But it has been work sometimes. Yeah. Get up. You go. You do this show. Do that show. Trying to get money. This and that. Always having worries about, like, how much am I going to get paid for this? Oh, $10. Fuck. Like, you're just like. (laughs) (laughs) Cost me 20 bucks to get out here. Yeah. Sometimes Uh, it's like three. And you're just (laughs) just like, well, fuck, man. Let me go ask that guy for cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) You get at least $10 worth of the night, dude. (laughs) And it's it's just one of those things where just like you're living this life because you believe that there's going to be something good at the end of this. Yeah. Or you're hoping, you're hoping that sooner or later you're going to get your shot and you're going to be ready for it. But like you said before, when you were thinking about yourself, you're like, I'm not ready for this. My jokes aren't good enough. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We all go through that. I even me now, fucking almost six years in, I think like that sometimes. Like I'm not good enough. My jokes aren't good enough. That out of this. But then I also tell myself, well, get good enough. Instead of just sitting there arguing with yourself and telling yourself, I can't do this, I can't do that, try to do something. Get, yeah. get out of your comfort zone. Do something different. Maybe the reason why you're stuck in a rut is because you're comfortable with how everything is and you don't want to change anything. Yeah. You know? And, like, it's fine. People who are comfortable in their lives, live your life however you want. If you're good and your money's good and you got food on the table and you're, you're happy, like, God bless but with me, I'm like, I, I've been through so much in my life that I just can't stand still. I need to be doing something all the time, you know, and whatever mm-hmm. it is, if it's a stand up or my day job or this or that, like I need to be doing something. Yeah. You know, no, I'm also no. in school too. Like, it's Oh, just... congrats, man. Oh yeah, dude. Yep. <sighs> I'm not smart for that shit. I'm not either, man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what I'm do? trying so hard for like, cause I'm 31 now. Yeah. And I've realized like the older you get, the harder it is to like study and stay focused and all that. Like I, I'm using all of my mental capacity <laughs> for these three classes. Yeah, just, dude. What crazy. do you, what do you, what are you studying? Uh, so I'm communications. I'm uh, trying to be a director. It's a focus oh, on uh, cinematography. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. You didn't need to go to school for that. You could just start doing YouTube. No, I know I know how to record and stuff like that, but I would rather get the degree just yeah. to show people that like that I have gone to school. And, and that's all that shit is, bro. Some education of whatever we're doing, you know. That's just just a plaque to be like, hey, look, I could do this. Yeah, know? but it is important. That's that's yeah. the problem. That's that's the biggest thing in the world nowadays. Is it's like the degrees are important. Yeah, having just one puts you in a different place than other people in their minds. I'm not gonna lie in their mind oh you know for sure for sure like if if it comes like a like for in a job where it's like hey this kid has six years of experience but this guy has a degree degree yeah i'm gonna go the degree Degree route usually because but this guy's brand new he doesn't know anything we can mold him into whatever our company is we can short pay him you know this guy he already knows what he needs to make we can't fuck him like (laughs) (laughs) yeah no dude i mean School's never my biggest strong suit for me, dude. I was a terrible test taker because I get distracted. I'm pretty sure I have undiagnosed ADHD, but... I, I do too, probably. Yeah, uh, you know, just because I never paid attention no. in school. Uh, like, I don't know. School's not my shit. See, I was... 
I was a troublemaker like you, but like I was good at school. When I actually tried, I got A's and B's. When I didn't, I got C's and D's. Same, yeah. I and mean, I was. It wasn't that I was bad in school. I was comfortable with the C's. You know, like I was like, hell yeah, still passed. You know, still, still got the passed. Credit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just as close to average as I can get it. Just to pass. Just yeah. I I can. I understand that too because like when I was younger. I was seen as a smart kid, not because I actually was smart, but because I wore glasses. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, people would ask me questions all the time, right? I'd and copy I, your test for sure. I got I got pissed off. I was just like, how do I get them to stop asking me questions? It's just, I was like, I was like, just just fake like you don't know shit. And they'll ask, hey, like, what, what's the answer to this? I don't know. <laughs> uh, how do you do this? I don't know. And they stopped asking me questions. And I was just like, this is amazing. I, <laughs> I loved it. Because some people, it's crazy how, how some like intelligent people, they get off on like other people asking them like how to do stuff and stuff like that. I, I don't care, man. I don't want to tell people how to do things. I'm not that type of leader. Yeah, no, dude. I'm, I'm the type of leader where I'm just like, I'll trust you. I trust you and your abilities. If you're going to, I don't want to work as hard. <laughs> so what were you in the group project? You know how in school? I did my job. I, I got my job part done. Oh, okay. And it's everybody else that kept fucking up sometimes. You know? That was me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'd be the one. <laughs> I was the presenter. Hey, Let's it, just say it's that. It's due dude. tomorrow, Nate. Okay, I'll do it tonight. <laughs> Fuck, hey, mom, I know it's 11 o'clock, but can we buy a poster board? <laughs> no, dude, I was totally that fucking kid, dude. I would, I would be, I'd be like in group projects. I would let them know right away, like, "Hey, I ain't gonna do shit, but I'll present it to the class. I'll do the talking, you know." And that worked oh, and a lot. The, and the kids that usually like did the work didn't want to talk, so that made yeah, yeah, dude. They would do the that work. They had, they were afraid to talk in front of the class, you know. I wasn't. Well, I was the class the clown. Son, you're used to like having people watch you. So yeah, I and that. that's something I, I wanted to talk too about on this. It's like, and I tell a lot. It's like uh, when it comes to being a, like watching a pastor go up at a church and being able to like mold an audience, you know, to what he his emotions are, to what his thinking is. It's a very close to stand up. Yeah. Like, ministry and stand-up are two of, like, the same. I've heard this before from other comics that have uh, preachers as fathers, too. It's like, Oh, yeah, dude. Same thing. You're in front of a crowd. You're saying something, and they're all listening to you and agreeing, you know? It's and a, feeling. Yeah. That's, like, they're feeling shit. I've seen my dad, like, destroy an audience of, like, 300 people in a church. And like in it's the a hypnotism though. Oh it's yeah, a, dude. We even got that as comedians. I, I feel that hypnotism sometimes. Where like you know you have the audience. You'll say certain things and just get a laugh immediately. You're just like, oh shit, this is yeah. good. Like, and it goes. It's so weird. And like, this is why I feel like we'll never be able to meet aliens. <laughs> Such a thrown off topic, but the way we communicate is like through sounds. You know. Uh huh. Language is just a bunch of noises and shit. And with stand up, it's like trying to find the right rhythm and sound to get the audience to feel something, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I you think know? of it as music, honestly. Oh, yeah, I write dude. my jokes like uh, bars, like lyrics sometimes. And it's like, uh, even when I say sometimes, I'll, I'll say like, ha da da da, da 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 da. Yeah, da, yeah. Da, da, like try to find that right cadence. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it, it's true. It it does throw like a weird cadence does throw you off of what you're saying. 
it, and that goes to the thing is like imagine imagine like if cavemen did stand up they would just be grunting and people would be like oh, oh, oh. You know? hooga, hooga. <laughs> it's the same shit dude we just we just put words to the sound like we made the sounds mean something and just try and figure out the right sounds that make people feel shit you know yeah I mean, but that, that you're, I thought about you're that on shrooms. Find it in your own <laughs> your own way, though. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to make do. my own sounds. Your own sounds. Yeah, that's you know? what we're doing. But yeah. the thing is, all the sounds have been made. Yeah, and we're just remixing them now. You know, it's yeah, dude. You're trying to figure out a new word. Yeah, like you ever sat down? Like, let's come up with a new number. <laughs> but we are trying to figure out like new words and new things like that add to like the culture. Yeah. You know? And like a certain thing, a phrase that we say resonates with everybody like immediately. It's like, oh, I felt that before. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, I'm, it's just like, that's a cool thing, honestly, yeah. to be able to have that ability just like to I, connect with so many people all at once. Oh, dude, it's so good, man. Yeah, bro, fucking, I love stand up, dude. Stand up's great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, man, it's uh, I get to in my head a lot sometimes. You overthink? Yeah. And it's, I get told that a lot. It's like, I mean, like, no one gives a shit. Stop thinking. But it's also like just me. You know what? I think they're right. (laughs) Oh, for sure, (laughs) dude. It's just the fucking little Nate in my head won't shut the fuck up a lot. And it's just that voice that's like, nah, man, you're shit. You know, ain't worth it. Like, no matter what you do, you ain't going to get better. You're stuck here. Type shit, but it's just that voice, dude. Like I, I, I'm able to like calm it a lot. But there's times where, like that month I was out, I was probably in like the worst depression I've ever felt, dude. Really, dude. It was. I was. There was times of the week where I only left my apartment to go to Secret just to buy weed, and then go back home. You wouldn't even do the mic. Wouldn't go out. No. Wouldn't do the mic. Why? It just, I don't know, dude. I, my depression's weird. It's, it, it hits me hard and then it goes away. But when it hits hard, it's like, it's there to stay. And it like, it doesn't allow me to like interact with people. So I seclude myself. I go home. I just hey, like hang out with just me. And cause I know that if I do go out and hang out with people, my depression would just like it, it. It'll make me like antsy and jumpy, you know, just be angry. And I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be fuck up everything I've done just because of I was really depressed one day and just been angry. What do you mean by fuck up everything you've done? Like everything that I build upon myself in the scene, you know? Like I, but what do you mean by that? Like you'll do or say something that pisses yeah, people off? Yeah. Or like you're not that guy exactly, and I don't want to. You're be. not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Okay? <laughs> it's just like I just know, like, dude. It, it's, it's you. It's, it's, it's you. It's hard okay, to explain. Here's the thing. No, no, no. But I get that because it, it even now you thinking that could possibly make it happen. You yeah. know, that's the power of thinking. That's that's how crazy it is because like you you're putting that into the world already 
And then if you keep thinking that, eventually it'll happen because you were just manifesting it. You know, you got to stop thinking like that all the time. Because I have had those same thoughts, those same uh, ideas and stuff like that. And it honestly, the bad things that I thought were going to happen did happen, but because I kept thinking about them so much. Hmm. You know, I actually put them into motion myself because it was in my head and outwardly I was just reacting to it. Not really thinking about it, but subconsciously it was still there. Yeah. And it kind of just like happened and I was just like, oh shit. Everything that I thought was going to happen, happened, but because I had a part in, of it. And how do I use that type of manifestation for good? You know, that's something I'm trying to work on, too. I mean, what are you trying to manifest right now? Good-wise. Good uh, I want to get positive. on Kill Tony for sure, you know? So I've been, like, trying to manifest that. Uh, what are you doing to manifest it? I I, like, try to visualize myself behind the curtain at the mothership hearing the band play hearing the audience and then hearing tony saying give it up for your next comic we haven't heard this name before or like this sounds like a new guy nate ortiz and then i come out and so man i'm gonna tell you something that you might not like okay so i think of axelrad on sundays as practice for kill tony yeah because it's a one minute open mic Keltoni is just one minute, but you get two chances at, at Axelrad. Yeah. You could be working on your one minute set right now and perfect that so that when you do get your chance to go on Keltoni, you'll be prepared. No, and that's true. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I, that's how you manifest good things by working yeah. on it behind the scenes, by putting in that work. Like, you want this? Well, what are you doing to get it? Yeah. You know? That's what I've learned, too, because I even told myself, because I want to get on Kill Tony, too. I have been doing uh, Punchline Sundays, but the one thing I've been doing is I've been doing trying to do new stuff every week because I'm always there. Yeah. You have the advantage of, like, going one week, not going the next week, and then the other week you come back, you'll do the same joke, but, like, in a different way or different punchline or whatever. You have that advantage. Me, I don't. That's a hard thing. Like, there's a lot of pressure on me always to perform. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I do I recently I was fatigued. Like uh artistically, like comedically, I was very I was bombing for a minute. And that's just cuz like most of my personal life was getting to me too. Hmm. And that's that's another thing too. When you have to make sure your personal life is good, your work life is good, relationships are good because if not they will spill over into stand up. Oh yeah. And that, that's and happened to me so many can times. Tell that shit. Not even just audience, like interacting with other people like you say saying the wrong thing or da da da. I've done that. Yeah. But that's because, like, I've had such a crazy, dramatic, trauma-filled life that it just, it affected me in a way that I didn't even realize until recently. And I was acting a certain way towards people, not because I felt like I didn't like them or whatever. It's just, I was just guarding myself because of all the shit that I went through, you know? And I did a lot of stupid shit. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I I messed up a lot. <laughs> I have messed up a lot. <laughs> but not just, not because I, I want to mess up. I just like, I have been in certain moments where I'm, I'm almost getting that thing that I want. And then I'll self-sabotage and hmm. lose it all. Yeah. And I've self-sabotaged a lot. Yeah. I have burnt a lot of bridges. But not because I wanted to, but just because of the situation, you know, and also like uh, I'm seeing more in myself and I'm just like, it's all about how you treat people, too, sometimes. 
and how you interact with them because this uh, stand up and the entertainment business it's a people business yeah it's a relationship business is how you treat each other like they they go off of like recommendations sometimes too it's like how have you worked with him before yeah he's great he's a really good guy really funny they go off of that and if you have so many people saying so many bad things about you of course you're not going to get booked but also if you're bombing all the fucking time of course you're not going to get booked yeah it doesn't fucking matter like we talked about this before the podcast being undeniable is very important you become undeniable first and then everything else will come you know and that's what i'm trying to do now i've gotten a lot funnier as of recently not because not just because of the hard work that i'm putting in on me trying to write and all that but also my mentality like i don't care about what other people think about me anymore as much mm-hmm. you know i still care sometimes too i'm not a full sociopath yeah like, no <laughs> but you, you have to uh, there's a certain you a certain, have to, care, to a certain, certain people point. i care about what certain people think not yeah. everybody yeah you know but like it, and that's also the thing too is just like for me to be an artist and and to to be an entertainer and to do all this i need to be in the right mind state if i'm not then this shit is not going to work out Cause like I I need to be I need to make sure I'm good before I can make everybody else feel good. Yeah, help and, yourself and, before you can help other people. And that's what was going on with me. Like I wasn't feeling well, so I was like, I can't go out. You know, like I'm I, like I know it's it's not gonna come out right. You know, people, you're not feeling it. Yeah, I'm not feeling. I know people are gonna come up and question, be like, Hey, yo, man, you all right? And like. That that's my fucking least favorite thing, dude. That's the worst thing when people I ask, fucking, "Are you good, man? You I good? fucking hate that, dude. It makes me feel like a fucking <laughs> sob story, dude. Oh, dude, it's like, I've been the sob uh, story before. I hated it too. Oh, it I sucks, hated bro. it. I hated it. But that, that's another thing too. That's that's. But you're you realizing that how you were feeling is affecting you a certain way on stage. So you're just like, hey, I'm not gonna go up right now. That's a smart thing. Mm-hmm. That's a smart thing because, like we said before, if people see you bomb, they're gonna. That's just what they're gonna remember the last time of you. Oh yeah. Instead of you sh- showing up and being your best, that was you at your worst. Me, I'm a dumbass because even at my worst, I'll still go up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's just that's just the thing I'm training myself to do is to go up and be funny at any moment. If I'm feeling terrible, if I'm whatever's going on, because there are some things that I don't want to talk about on the podcast that. I've been going on in my personal life recently. I've been crazy, but I still go up. I still go up no matter what. And I'm like, cause I, I tell myself, this is the job. Yeah. It doesn't matter how I feel. I got to make these people feel good. You know? Yeah, man. No. And I don't know. I, I, it's the same thing with weed, I guess, you know, take a tea break and then try not to smoke for a little bit so that when you do smoke again, you you can enjoy it and you get a little higher, you know? Does, does that make sense? Yeah, your you, your tolerance is high right now. Yeah. So you taking some time off will lower it, and you can smoke less and still feel the same effect. Because it would it would get to the point when I was doing stand up, like it felt like I was going through the motions a little bit. Like it didn't creatively, feel, creatively, and like mentally. Like I just, you were fatigued. Yeah, super fatigued. Yeah, uh, I went through that. Yeah, and it's just like, oh man, I'm not enjoying this right now, you know. And those are the moments where you have to push yourself the hardest because it's uh, motivation is what gets you to do something. Discipline is what gets you to keep doing it. Hmm. 
that's the hard thing too like i said before no matter how i feel i still have to go up because this is my job this is what i want to do yeah and like uh i haven't been out as much and i kind of i'm I'm kind of happy with that. I'll go out and do some mics like here and there just to work on stuff. But like, I'm not going out as much as I used to. And I kind of feel better about it. Cause I like staying at home, chilling with friends, family, you know, just hanging out, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I also like, I, I know in order to get better at what I'm trying to do, I have to be out all the time. Yeah. You know, and I mean, there, there's some nights where I stay home, you know, it's like, unless I'm working on something new, I, I don't feel like I should go out every night, you know? You shouldn't. We're human beings. I'm, I'm a burnout. Yeah. You know? Unless... Hustle culture? Come on, dog. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, and dude, and... and You're hustling to the grave. That's what you're I'll doing. fucking say this, dude. I'm a fucking alcoholic, you know? Why does everybody on when they get on this couch say that? God damn it. <laughs> no, I swear to God. Who else? I did Andy God. say it? <laughs> Andy said it? <laughs> it's the last couple guests that I've had on here. We've talked about alcoholism. <laughs> and then, oh, my God. What is this the alcohol couch? This is crazy. <laughs> Sobriety couch here. So welcome, oh, to, welcome to this new podcast called Sobriety Couch. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I told my mom I'm alcoholic, and she was like, "Yeah, I know. Your sister told me," and I was like, "Fuck! How does she know?" <laughs> but yeah, no, man. I were you drinking with her? <laughs> I, I, I would, when I lived in uh, Austin, I would go to Applebee's, you know, to drink because they would sell dollar fucking uh, beers, PBRs. They were dollar, ah. and so I just get drink fucking twenty of them, you know, spend twenty bucks, and then I knew the bartender, so she would always hook it up. And so she would charge me, I'd drink 20, charge me for 10, give her the other 10, you know. Uh, That's how you do it. And a friend of my sister's worked at Applebee's at that time. And he would go up to my sister and be like, yeah, you know your brother's an alcoholic, right? He's here every night. (laughs) Damn. Uh, Dude, and dude, like. Some you wouldn't switch it up, at least. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm, Come I'm, on, a, dog. I'm a cheap drunk, and I. Uh, <laughs> I know, but you could have found another bar that's like maybe like three or four dollars for like. Fuck you no, can't, dude. Okay, as an alcoholic, as as a as an alcoholic, <laughs> as a guy who's been out to bars so much, like you gotta switch it up. You can't go to the same spot because that will happen. <laughs> no, they start talking. Like uh, I just went to one bar like that I frequent. And they just started like re- remembering me, and I was just like, "Oh, I've been here too much. Fuck, I gotta." <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I like to make friends at the bars because then they hook it up because they know I tip. You know, I'd rather give my money to the the bartender than to the establishment. See, I like to drink in silence, so I'll, I'll try to go like dive bars and places that people don't know me, so I can just drink and have a good time and chill. Mm-hmm. I don't like, uh, well, I I do like talking to bartenders and when they hook it up and stuff like that. But it's just like, for me, when I go out, I just want to chill. You know? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just When you go out, do you like bringing a big party with you or just like a couple people? To be honest, I, unless I'm doing stand up or I'm at a place that does stand up, I don't go out. Me either. And I used to go out all the time yeah. before stand up. I used to go out all the time oh, with yeah, friends dude. and stuff like that. I don't have a life anymore other than stand-up, dude. Yeah, other than man. working. No, you need a life, man. Yeah, dude. I have, Because that's like a lot of times when I when I get fatigued or I'm burned out, I'm like, dude, I need to do something. I need to go to the zoo, you know, get some inspiration. Yeah, you, know? you need to live life. That's, yeah. that's what you need to do. You need to get out of 
that situation, whatever you're doing, like going out every night and just go live your life because that's where the jokes Yeah, dude, from. I want to go to Six Flags, bro. I haven't gone to Six Flags in fucking years. And like a lot of times it's like, ah, but if I go, I'm going to end up missing this mic or this fucking show or something, you know. But okay, like, miss it. Yeah. Go live your life. And, that, that's what yeah. I'm realizing now is it's like I've made so many sacrifices, like not missing birthdays and friends parties and shit like that. And just like now I'm at the point where I'm just like, let me go to a couple at least, you know, just because I like my friends. Yeah. I like hanging Also, it, it like gives you more shit to be like, this situation's funny. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. You'll get new places for jokes. Oh, uh, new yeah. Things, situations for jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. I but, mean, but that that's just something that we have to realize in ourselves because like, of course, we can get caught up in this world. Yeah. But this world is so small. It's so niche. You oh, know, yeah. if you step outside of it, not that many people know about famous stand-up comedians and who's worked at what club and this or that oh, like, nobody yeah, cares dude, nobody yeah no on at the end of the day really nobody gives a fuck <laughs> we are the only ones that care about this thing, <laughs> yeah you know and this is it, it's a funny thing to realize uh but when back to drinking uh there's some nights i don't like going to secret because i know if i go to secret i'm just gonna drink you know like i'll go i'll be you're, at like you're just conditioned to when you walk in there be like oh i need a beer i need i need Double Montuckies, dude. You know, double, double fisting. Double Montuckies. Dude, a fucking double fist. And it started off due to, like, being lazy. Like, I didn't want to finish this drink upstairs and then go back downstairs to get another one. So I'll be like, fuck it. I'll buy two, drink them up both upstairs. When I'm done with them, get another two. And then that's how the cycle started, you know? Straight up Why double fisting. Why are you going fisting. with two off the bat, though? <laughs> <laughs> Just so I don't have to go back downstairs. I feel like if you dude. had four arms, it would be four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. There's times I bought in three. Just go. I'm and like. Third one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> stack them up, dude. I'm just like, I know, I see the bar's busy. I don't want to wait here, so I'm buying three drinks. Oh, so you're getting it all in bulk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But then I'll pound them, and then I'm like, all right, I need another two. Oh my and then God. I'll just close out the bar. Do you know how many times? Like, cause I live near the NRG, and you got to pass up those nice houses, you know, off Main and shit uh-huh. like that. You know how many times I pulled over and just fucking pissed on the side of the road, <laughs> just in these nice ass mansions. I'm just outside, drunk as fuck, just uh, pretending like I'm looking for my keys or something, but my dick's okay, out, just pissing. I, I got a funny story. So I was like almost blackout drunk one night, and I was driving home, right? Not here, but my old place. And uh, it was near Montrose. <laughs> There's a little church. No, it wasn't a church. It was a school, but it looked like a church. <laughs> and I was drunk as fuck. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go piss on this church. I, I really needed to go. And I saw the church. And I don't know why, but I just saw it. And I was just like, I need to go piss there. Right? <laughs> and then I go, I pee in, like on the side in the, near the bushes or whatever. And then I look around. And I'm like, oh, this is a school. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I could have got arrested. Yeah, <laughs> dude, public indecency at a fucking. You would have gotten a, a sexual offender uh, registration oh my just God. because it was a school. Oh, that was so dumb. <laughs> I was so drunk, and I was just like, uh. "Oh yeah, man!" And I gotta stop, dude. I gotta like. I've been trying to work at where it's like, all right, these certain nights I don't drink. You know. Because, like, you don't want to go to a doctor and be like, how many nights a week do you drink? And you're like, 
every night <laughs> and they're like well how many drinks do you have six <laughs> you know like and you're lying <laughs> yeah dude you're right yeah uh, 12 because <laughs> i double fist no, you never tell them we never tell them the real answer like <laughs> i feel like doctors know that already like oh, they tell uh, you, oh yeah uh multiply that by three like, like <laughs> yeah, I, i've seen your the x-rays of your liver yeah. you know crying out for help <laughs> But oh my god, just a just a glass of wine before dinner. Like, that's, <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, but that that's the same for me though. Like I just, I have battled with my drinking for years, and it's just like I like going out. I like having fun. Be, I drink sometimes because I, I'm so anxious all the time. Yes, and it just makes me like more fun and just vibrant and just more in the moment. But there are those times where I I, I have realized that I went too far, and. Cause like when I was younger, I was like when I first started in the scene, like I uh, I had a lot of bad things that happened in my life coming from the hood, parents being addicts, you know. My dad was a huge alcoholic, my mom was a drug addict, and like I just saw a lot of bad stuff. So I I kind of like went into that world myself, just getting into like random drugs. Hmm. I man, there was this one time where I just like found like some acid on the ground and I just swallowed it. That was the time after the ego death. That was that night. Oh, fuck. So I, I don't know why I did it. I was just like, I don't. Oh, no, I know why. I was like, I don't want to live. I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to feel anything. Let Damn. me just, whatever this does to me, I don't give a fuck. Let me just do it. And I just went through a life like that, not wanting to live anymore. I got big. The biggest I was was like 260. Mm, damn. I'm at like 240 now. I'm trying to get to 220. But like. Uh, that that was a hard thing too. Just walking around and like, how 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 much do you weigh? Shoo, fuck, dude. All right, let me give you the doctor's answer. <laughs> the doctor's answer. Uh, I mean, honestly, last time I checked, I think I was like three fifteen. Three fifteen. So yeah. when you're walking around, do you feel it? When I'm walking upstairs, I do, bro. Yeah. yeah. Dude, uh, and it's mainly because I drink beer, dude. I I don't really eat throughout the day. You know, I eat a meal eat a meal a day but when i go out i'll have like you know like eight or nine beers tall boys too you know and so it's it's all the empty fucking carbs empty calories so that's what fucks me up but why beer though oh because it's cheap and it doesn't i mean i i don't like drinking liquor because i don't i don't like getting uh hangovers and liquor gives me hangovers i can drink beer all night and still be fine you know Mm. You know, I can drive yeah. off 10 beers. I can't drive off 10 fucking, like, vodka sodas. Well, you're not a true alcoholic then. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. Alcohol light, you know? Alcoholic light, dude. Uh, I've done that. <laughs> I, I've driven off of, like, some shots and shit like that. Ugh. Oh, yeah, dude. That's, bro. I, no, okay, there was this one time where, like, I was uh, leaving secret. I was drunk as fuck. And I'm driving and I see the lights like I'm sitting at the light turns green, red, green, red. And all of a sudden everything goes black. Right. And I'm almost to my house. I'm almost to my house. But then it goes black. And then the next thing I know, I wake up. There's the light hitting me in my face. I'm on like the side of the street. And I'm just like, what the fuck? There's a truck in front of me. And then I hear like something tap on my window. And I'm just like. And I see this older Hispanic guy. He's like in his 50s, right? And he's like, hey, man, are you good? And I'm just like, <laughs> just waking up. And then I see my car 
I see the the steering wheel. I see my keys are like the car's off, but then I try to turn it on. It won't turn on. Apparently, I left the car on the battery, the light on. I left the light on in the car, and the battery like died. So I I realized fuck. that in that moment, I'm hungover as fuck. So I just look at it. And I just go, uh, battery, battery, battery. <laughs> I swear to God, I was like battery, battery. And then I like I wake up a little bit. We start talking. He like I got some jumper cables in the back. We hook it up. And he's just like, hey, man, are, are you good? Like, what what happened last night? You, you, did you have a fun night? And I was like, yeah, you know, I was just having a couple of drinks with some friends, that, other this, that, other that. And he was just like, yeah, I remember. I, I I had a night like that in the 80s one time. And I was like, what? <laughs> in the 80s? Really? It's 2000. It's like 2020. Uh, no, it's like 2019. It's like 2019. And like he he says this and I'm just like, OK, that's kind of weird, but whatever. Just brush it off, but and then he was just like, We're talking, and he was just like, Yeah, I've been watching you for a minute. I was like, What are you talking about? He's like, Yeah, man, you're just out here the whole night. I've been watching you, this, this, and that. And I was just like, okay, cool. And then the moment he we finish, I turn my car on, it works, put my jumper cables in the back. I say thank you. You know, he leaves. He just drives like 20 feet in front of me into the house. Like, right across the street. So I was just like, oh, shit, he was watching me. <laughs> he fucking lives there, dude. Fuck. <laughs> and Duh. then I was just like five minutes from my house from there. I almost made it. Damn. All right, I'll, I'll tell you this one story that you keep on the pod. And so I was in high school, right? Senior year uh, finals. So I, I had the class off. And I didn't have a vehicle at that time. Because uh, it was first semester finals. I got a car the second semester. So I'm walking to a place called Taco Bueno in Austin. And I'm listening to music. And that's when I find out that jazz music really makes me have to shit. Like my bowel starts fucking up when I'm listening to jazz. It's the brown note, huh? <laughs> South Park, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I'm walking, dude. And it's about a mile away from the school and I'm listening to some Frank Sinatra and I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, my stomach, bro. And there's no bathroom in sight. It's <laughs> I end up, dude, I end up taking a shit while I'm walking and just being like, you fucking son of a bitch, you dumb piece of shit, you're fucking shitting yourself right now. <laughs> then, well, is it like plopping out as you're taking a step or what? Like, it, it's, it's in my pants and it starts balling up uh, and it falls down my pant leg. I was wearing shorts. Falls down my pant leg. I remember there's fucking three uh, sophomore uh, uh, jocks walking behind me. I get Taco Bueno. I clean myself up. I get out. I see them walking past it. And they're like, yo, what the fuck? Who balled up this dog shit? <laughs> uh. <laughs> what fucking psycho plays with poop? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, that fucking that was a weird dog who took that shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was... All right, that one you can blame on the dog. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was that was something. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you having me on, dog. This is great. Uh, talk mainly about comedy, which I love talking about and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, man. Thanks for being on. Honestly, man. Also, uh, this is the sobriety couch now. <laughs> That's what I'm changing the, the name to. I don't know why. Every time somebody, any guest that I've had here just always ends up talking about their drinking. It's weird. I don't get it. Just bring something out of you. But uh, Dia, what, what's your socials? Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at uh, I'm Nate Ortiz at I'm Nate Ortiz. Uh, TikTok, I think I got a TikTok. I don't really use it. I just post clips sometimes. But uh, let's see what my name is. Uh, it's just Nate Ortiz comedy. Um, but yeah, I don't really fuck with TikTok. I try to not to get addicted to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I only just post comedy clips and then dip. Uh, but yeah, no, follow me at I'm Nate Ortiz on Instagram. You'll find me more on Instagram than anything. Uh, add me on Facebook, Nate Ortiz. I don't give shit. <laughs> I most likely won't add you back. But <laughs> I only use Facebook for comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Same, same. Uh, and you know where to catch me, The Jocosity on all social medias. That's Twitter or X.com now. Uh, oh, IG, TikTok. All that stuff. You can always catch me at uh, Punchline Sundays, Mondays, and Fridays. That's uh, from 8 to 11 every Sunday, Monday, and first Friday of the month at Axel Red. And, uh, oh, Jeff is also doing Backyard Banner at Skylab. It's 4112 Washington Street. I'm always there. And, yeah, just catch me at different shows and stuff. Oh, also, uh, I host uh, Avant Mike on Thursday nights now. So All right, bet. Avant, yeah. Thursday nights, what time? Uh, ten, I want to say 11 o'clock is when the show starts 11 o'clock yeah. I bet. also if you want to sign up for uh, the open mic at Axelrod on Sundays the email is punchlinesundays at gmail.com punchlinesundays at gmail.com uh, I would love to see y'all there once again Nate thank you for coming through appreciate I really you, appreciate Joe. it this was great I love the conversation hell yeah man hope to have you again sometime soon hell yeah dude yeah bro but cut out that shit that we said. <laughs> also, cut out that yeah. shit that we were talking about in the beginning, too. Right? The, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is nothing but edits. I already know. I already know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's just going to be like, what's up? Hey, thank you for coming through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for being on. This is it. No, but. Uh, Welcome to the two second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thanks again. Uh, of course, man. And I uh, appreciate y'all for listening. Deuces. Bye.